Hey, Meryl. Hey, Robert. How you been? Holding it together, holding steady. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Well, I'm excited that we're back today with a special episode of Field Notes. Can you tell us a little bit about what we're doing today? Sure thing. Um, Hello, listening audience. Uh, As of the time of recording, we are in the coronavirus crunch. We are in the middle of the COVID-19 crisis, and so we have put together a series of interviews um, with folks from our network across the state in a variety of positions and communities to really make sure that we're capturing their voices and hearing how smaller communities across the state are impacted and how they're responding to the COVID-19 crisis. Well, I'm really excited about hearing what folks are saying. I know that there's a lot of pressure on communities across our state, especially rural communities. Um, And I'm so grateful that you've got those relationships and that as an organization, we can reach out to folks and hear directly from the people who are trying to tackle the crisis um, head on. So um, let's jump into our, our first conversation. Who do we have? Sure. First, we spoke to Bronwyn Reagan Martin. She is the superintendent of Early County Schools, uh, which is down in southwest Georgia. And Early County was hit early and hard um, with cases as well as deaths. So she has a unique and interesting and I think very important perspective on this whole this whole crisis and their response. Got it. All right. Well, let's let's jump into it. Hi, Bronwyn. <laughs> Hi, Meryl. How are you? We're doing all right. We're holding it together. We're holding it together. Um, thank you so much for making time to talk to us today um, and give us some insights as to how this COVID-19 crisis is affecting Early County. Um, for our listening audience, can you tell folks who you are and what your role is? Sure. I am Bronwyn Reagan-Martin, and I am the superintendent of the Early County School System. And Early County is down south, um, southwest, adjacent to Texas, Alabama. That's right. We're southwest Georgia, south of Columbus, right next to Alabama. All right. Well, thank you again for taking the time. First of all, how are you and how's Early County? What's the, what's the feel? How's, how's things going? Well, honestly, we are, uh, for the most part, I'd say we are frightened. We are afraid of the virus, getting the virus. Uh, we have had several cases. We've had one person who has passed away from it. So we are trying to stay safe and socially distance and all of that um, because people are they are just afraid of it, honestly. Sure. I mean, you guys had early cases for the state and especially for such a small community. Um, I've been watching your numbers. Yep. Yep. So tell me, from a school standpoint, what has been put in place? What has, what, what are your protocols, I guess, now in this <laughs> crazy surreal time? Right. So right now, school is closed through April 24th, and of course, we anticipate that to go longer. Um, so our buildings are shut down our central office basically is running a skeleton crew we have people um, who are only in for necessary things such as running payroll which is pretty critical Um, so we have people who are kind of staggering going in a lot of us are working from home Uh, so I'm working from home principals are working from home directors are working from home teachers 
are working from home. Um, they're trying to keep the buildings uh, free of kids and teachers uh, so that they can stay safe and healthy. Um, so that's that's the main thing as far as like the foundation. Are you, I know um, a lot of communities are turning towards online learning right now. How much is that an opportunity in Early County? That's right. So we have um, teachers who are working with Google Classroom and providing online learning, which is going great for those students who have internet access and who have computers at home. So that's going really well for those students and those teachers. But we also have kids who don't have connectivity, they don't have the internet, or they don't have a computer at home. We did send home like hard copies of packets, workbooks, things like that when we initially knew that we were going to be shut down. Um, we have even had teachers to meet at a central point to distribute hard copies. But at this point, we've even asked those teachers to suspend that um, just to try to minimize contact with others. Um, but like I said, the ones who are online, uh, that's been fabulous. It's just that I would not say that is even close to 75% of our kids. I would say mm -hmm. it's probably more like 50% of our kids who are able to uh, participate in the online learning. Gosh, that is a... That's a tough one. Yeah, yeah, so it's is, tough. So for those um, for those students who don't have access, that is tough. And so I guess they're sort of on their own for finding content right now. Right. Yikes. And there's so I mean one of the benefits is there's a lot of online content that's available and free. Vendors are you know, opening everything up to be able to meet the needs of students, but that's only for those students who have the online access. Sure, sure. So if they don't, then there is very little they can do. And that's, to me, that's probably the biggest concern is that instructional gap that's gonna be there for those students. That has been what has kept me up at night, yeah. um, knowing that there's gonna be a gap for those kids as we go back, hopefully, next year. Uh, and so that's been one of the things that we've been working around trying to figure out how to fill that gap. Is it going to be that we can go back in the summer and provide instruction? Is it going to be that we're going to take the first couple of weeks at the beginning of the school year to try to catch kids up? We don't really know what that's going to look like, but those are some ideas that we're tossing around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are there any other significant challenges? Um, I mean, I know that's such a big question in a very challenging <laughs> time. <laughs> Is there anything else you would like to highlight, talking through what are the major sort of keep you up at night? Well, for sure, our meals. Um, that's been a big deal for me. Um, after, like, the first week of meal distribution, the, early count, the initial early county cases, were released like so we were um, identified as having two coronavirus cases in early county well that was just a tipping point for us to say it's here it's not safe for us to continue to have contact with people other people 
And so we made the call, the board and I, my administrative team, made the call to suspend the distribution of meals. So our breakfasts, our lunches, um, it was just an incredibly difficult call to make, but we felt for the safety of our community, it was the right call. Um, we have had concerns. That is concerns. hard, and that is heartbreaking. Oh, it, it has been terrible. I'd say definitely one of the hardest decisions. We have had um, concerns brought up at the state level to ask us, you know, is there another way we could do this? And we are continuing to look into, or is there a different way we can do this? But right now, you know, it's what's right for our community. I have not had people calling me in our community to say, we're not doing the right thing. So it sounds like it's a tough call to make, but it seems like um, Early County is on board with it. That's right. Well, give me give me some bright spots. Is there anything to well, highlight of sure. best practices or good things that have that you they have found to be in place? For sure, the um, the internet learning that's going on. Like I see a lot of hurrahs from the teachers who are having positive interactions with their students online, either through Zoom or Google Hangouts or you know, whatever online platform they're using. That's been a plus. Um, the support that is apparent in our community for all of us, people who have reached out to offer to go to the grocery store for people, you know, especially our older citizens, our um, our senior citizens in our community, if they need groceries picked up or medicines picked up, people are volunteering to do those sorts of things. So I would say definitely those are hurrahs that we have to share and the positives that we're still supportive of each other and highly encouraging and we still love each other from afar. That's, that's wonderful. I know you guys got hit by... um the hurricane and that really brought the community together to sort of band together and take care of each other and this is a very different way of taking care of each other because you have to do it from a distance but you guys have proven before that you know you guys it, early county stands together that's exactly right that's it is the same sort of sense of camaraderie and collegiality and togetherness in the community and everybody pulling together. It's just we can't do it shoulder to shoulder physically. We have to do it shoulder to shoulder um, virtually, mm -hmm. if you will. Mm -hmm. So we're having to do it from afar, at least six feet apart, that sort of thing. Uh, but we're still real supportive of each other and, and trying to do what we can to help each other out. Have there been any um, particularly critical partnerships that you've seen that have made this sort of possible? Um, well, of course, we're all just kind of sticking together and toeing the line as far as, you know, we all want to make sure that everybody understands how critical this situation is. So the city, the county, DFACS, our family connection, the school system, you're know, all kind of speaking with the same voice. That's so great. everybody understanding how important this is that we stay safe and stay at home and uh, work from home as best we can and only those people who are essential services being out doing their job so so that the community can continue to run. That was wonderful to hear. 
Well, thank you so much for your time. Let me know if uh, there's anything we can do to support you from afar. Um, one other at, thing, Meryl, let me let me give one other shout-out or sure. two other shout-outs, maybe three other shout-outs. <laughs> I will say that our RISA, so Southwest Georgia RISA, Tim Helms is our mm-hmm. executive director. He's done a great job uh, setting up Zoom calls and Google Hangout conferences for us to come together as superintendents so that we know what's going on with other school systems. And Buddy Costley at Gale and John Zahner with GSSA have done the same thing um, with RISAs and representatives, uh, different superintendents. They've also done a great job of keeping us informed of the issues, so knowing what's going on at the state level and also just being able to have those conversations with other superintendents and educational leaders across the state so that we know we're not alone, we're not facing these issues by ourselves, uh, we're all facing the same issues and trying to grapple with the problems and try to figure out the solutions. So I will do a big shout out to those folks because they've done a great job just keeping us informed and being able to communicate with each other. That's wonderful. That's so good to hear. And that's my dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens when you work from home, right? It is. It absolutely is. <laughs> oh, Ron, thank you so much. Um, please stay safe, uh, stay well, stay home, stay in touch. <laughs> absolutely. Thank you so much, Meryl. You've done a great job of keeping us informed also. I'm very appreciative of that. We're trying. We're trying. It's an unprecedented and crazy time. but That's right. It is. But we're going to work through it all together. So, yeah, that's a great positive thing about it. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. You as well. Say hey to that dog. I will. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, Bronwyn. Bye, Meryl. All right, so, Meryl, we just heard from Bronwyn down in Early County. And I know that since you all first talked, you've gotten some updates. Can you? Bring us up to speed. Absolutely. Bronwyn has been working, well, they've been working around the clock to get a feeding program in place because, as she said, um, COVID hit their school nutrition folks. And so they had to, as we've talked about before, weigh that balance between the benefit of the program and the health of, of everyone involved. And so, anyway, they are now, they have a feeding program in place. It's a third party program called Emergency Meals to You out of Baylor University. So it's an external um, third party that is that is making sure that students and in the community are able to access food. That is great. That is great. Um, no, it is. I think Bronwyn's story in particular really highlighted the impact, the immediate impact that um, that this that this crisis can have. Early County got hit early. They get hit hard. Um, and their community has taken it very seriously. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that struck me was the disparity in access to technology. So although 50% of their students have access to the Internet and computers at home, the other 50% do not. And I thought, wow, yeah, what a complicated situation to try to navigate as a superintendent, much less, you know, a, a, a parent or a student. So. 
recognize they've got some major challenges. I'm encouraged that they have a great leader at the helm with Bronwyn. Um, and really, now she said the same thing. She she used the phrase, the instructional gap is what keeps her up at night. Right. She's worried about her kids. Yep, understandably so. All right, well, um, again, to our listeners, thank you for being with us. We hope you are staying safe. We encourage you to do whatever you have to do to stay safe, and we will catch you next time. Hey there, listener. One more thing before you go. You've been hearing from us, but we'd love to hear from you. We at the Georgia Partnership always want to get better at what we're doing, so let us know what you think so far. Also, what are we missing out there across this great state? Who's doing cool things in your neighborhood to support the education and workforce pipeline? What innovations and solutions has your community come up with around economic development? Are there some great partnerships between sectors like housing, health, transportation, that are making a difference in your educational outcomes? We'd love to hear about them and spread the word about good work being done across Georgia. We hope to hear from you. To contact us, go to our website, gpee.org, and click on the Contact Us tab in the top right corner. Or give Robert, our communications guru, a call at 404-223-2464. Thanks for listening, listener.